Hello, and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. What was that? I don't know. And I'm Dave. I'm Chris. How are you? I had nothing to talk about. You got nothing to talk about? <laughs> Absolutely. That's nothing. what you're going to start with? Yeah, well, before we um, hit record, I told Dave, I was like, you know, we need something to talk about. We usually have something. I mean, we got nothing. Shooting from the hip blind. Well, I want to talk again about the ridiculous spread of sugar sweets the, that my I father... I disgusting. I just, I've been fairly... Hmm, the last, like, week or two, I haven't been eating as much, but I've been eating a lot of sugar. Stop making... That's so fucking loud. Just keep talking. I'm, I'm, I want no, to get this out of our face. No, they can hear it. Who can hear it? The dopey nation. You can't make so much noise. Well, my father left Oreos, a gigantic hunk of Hershey's milk chocolate that Chris, like, his eyes lit up when he saw really And now he looks like he's, like, he's been, like, raped by it. He looks like he's had a traumatic too experience. too many cookies. And then Dave's eating wheat fix. <laughs> Let me get a picture of that. All right. This wheat. is going to be, like, the story of comparing my dad to you. wheat bix Smile. Do they, uh, yeah, there it is. Okay, that's good. Oh, nice Star Wars short shirt. I just noticed that. Thank you. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? What do I prefer? Yes. Star Wars. Star Trek, dude. I know. Star Wars is so finite. There's only a little bit out Listen, there. you asked me the question, like an innocent <laughs> right, question, but obviously the question there's, should have been, isn't Star Trek better than Star there, Wars? There's just like, I was in this, um, I've taken this diversity class at school, Ugh. and they're talking about Ugh. basically, you know, power and racism, and yes. basically that the have used wars to right. unite people and to draw boundaries and shit. Yes. And all I wanted to say is the only way the human race is going to unite is if we have first contact with an alien uh, race. That so we and, can really be racist against bond- them. Yeah, exactly. But I just, I didn't want to totally nerd out. Well, racism is deep, deep human nature in America. Yeah. Not in New Zealand, though. Yeah. Not in England. Yeah, no. I was, telling, I was telling Dave earlier. The teacher was having us define American culture, and people were like, "Oh, like all the other students were like, you can think like whatever you want and practice different religions." And they were saying all this idealistic stuff, and I raised my hand and I was like, "When I think of American culture, I was like, I think of fast food eating racists. I think of obese people at McDonald's." And to that's me, when you, that and that's American when culture. the IV shooting Cam Chris burst <laughs> through the window, like Chris, Chris, Chris. <laughs> Right? I suppose, though, you can only create a podcast like Dopey Nation in America. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I mean, we have so many. It's, can you believe how many people like us from the land down under? We're 78% of our listeners are stateside. Stateside. It's yeah. a nice nice word. Yeah. Stateside. Can I tell you the story of Does Weedabix? stateside include Puerto Hawaii, Rico? Hawaii and Alaska? The real question is... Is stateside only continental? It's only states... Continental. What? It, it does not include Alaska and Hawaii. Okay. I don't think, because then you're... Um, wayside. <laughs> wayside. You're... What is it? Mainland? Homeland? I don't know. I don't know. 
But Mike, I want to tell you this story because you're going to relate to about this. Weedabix. Has anybody ever ate Weedabix? It literally looks like what they would feed prisoners in the 1920s. No, it's, it's like a literally. It looks like a stuff sweeped off the floor and compressed into no. a bar. This is the kind of stuff they, it's they like feed. Balsa wood. This is what they feed the mules at the prison. And Dave literally takes a bite. He's like, "This is disgusting." And I'm just like, and he leaves it, there. and then now it's two hours later, and he's eating it again. Well, I, I, can I tell you the story of how it, how it's here. Yeah, is that like some Jewish thing that you have to eat over Passover? Or no, something? my dad had this woman, this vegetarian from England, come stay with him. <laughs> he fed her and he, he wanted to impress her, so he bought Weetabix. <laughs> no, he didn't. He did. It sounds oh, like a move you would do. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, I'm really in touch. Oh, we need with to my... get some Vegemite in case we get any Australians over here. Have you ever had a Vegemite sandwich? I've had Vegemite on an English muffin. I think it's pronounced Vegemite. Vegemite. He just smiled and gave me That's a, a Vegemite killer song, sandwich. Dude. It's something to listen to on the way home. What? That song. What song is it? I don't know. What is the land down under? Oh, please sing it. No, no, no. Oh, I wish I had my guitar. <laughs> do, 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 do. You don't have a guitar here? <laughs> it's by I don't know who it's by. Men at work. Yeah, but who's the singer? Colin Haynes. Really? Yes. I wouldn't have got that in a million years. Uh, do you come... Or Colin Hay. Oh, nice, dude. You got the brand Benadryl? You don't want to play. Now, you're announcing our, our organized relapse on Dopey? <laughs> yeah. no, Dave and I got Benadryl for tonight. I'm spending the night at Dave's childhood home. Have I ever spent the night here? You, yes. It's your yeah. life, man. No, I did once. Do I have to keep track of your whole life for you? I did once, I remember. Why don't you ask are we Camp gonna, Chris? Are we going to separately watch Game of Thrones in separate rooms <laughs> while we go to sleep? No, you should watch where I'm at. No, I'm watching where You've I'm seen at. it already anyway. So have you. So why? I just watched that shit. No, I'm not skipping ahead. All right, we're going to call Todd. Try Todd. I saw Todd's face for the first time today. Should we call Hannah? No. Why call not? Call Todd. Well, I'm going to talk to Hannah tomorrow. Call Todd. He's not going to answer. You never saw Todd before that? How did you picture him to look? I thought he had curly hair. Why? I don't know. Let's see. It's weird. I had like a mental image, like a projection of what I thought Todd looked like, but I can't really describe it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Do you really know what I mean? He looked differently than you expected him to look in the picture, in your mind. But I can't describe how he looked in my mind, but I had something in my mind. He got me on a cigarette break. What's up? Holy shit. What's good? What's good, y'all? Todd, it's Chris. What's going on, man? You're on the What's air. Doing, Chris? How much time do you have? I have, like, literally five minutes. I want to blow my brains out. I hate this job already. Oh, my God. Save me, Lord. Save me! What, what's going on? What are you doing for work? I'm, like, working at this fucking, like, wannabe Brother Jimmy's, like, barbecue place. It's kind of like they want to go a little upscale. And we're totally understaffed. And um, I've been here since 10 a.m. I have been going 90 miles per hour since I got in. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. It's like um, too many people, not enough people working here. And uh, I don't know. I, it's, I, I, I'm so overwhelmed. I guess the best word is overwhelmed. Are you making money? Not as much as I should be making. I mean, like... On a basis, like, um, I, 
Like, if it, was, if it was is slower, I'd be making decent money. But for how hard I'm working, I should be making like five hundred dollars a day, and I'm not even making close to that. Are you, you, know you are you taking anything to take the edge off? Oh God, just just alcohol at the end of the shift. If I can get a free drink, I'm down with it. But I I'm so poor, I can't even. I I, I wish I could. I wish I could, but I can't. I you, can't right now. You're back I'm in the to maintain. You're back in the city now, Todd. Back in the city, Chris. Nice, man. I was supposed to come over there and kick it with you guys tonight because of this stupid job. I am stuck here. I was really looking forward to meeting you. Yeah, likewise. Well, I just saw your picture for the first time today because Dave shared some shit from like eight years ago on Facebook. Aww. You see how much younger I look eight years ago? Yeah, you had more pepper than salt, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. Yeah, if I had hair, I would be all gray. So Dave's maintaining much better than I am. For some reason, Todd, I was picturing curly hair. I don't know why. I used to. No, I used to. Todd, it's because he's an anti-Semite. And he's got oh, problems. Oh, Why am I anti-Semite? You just are. You just are. No, no, <laughs> no that's, the Dopey Nation wants to know what the fuck is going on with you. And, and Todd, legit, people have emailed us, asked us what's going on. I was at a meeting and someone came up to me and said, that guy, Todd. I need uh, to know more about him. That's not what she said. <laughs> that's not what she said. She uh, said you know what she said, Todd? Tell him what she really she said. She actually said I was, pulling, I was pulling back a little bit there. She said, that guy, Todd, he's going to die. Oh, my God. Oh, please. That guy, Todd, that guy, Todd, he's going to die. Yeah. Oh, no. But she had a big smile, and she really liked what she she had to say. She was really hoping you were going to die soon. (laughs) Well, I'm not pulling any Chris Cornell's any day soon, so I, you know, that would, I, I, you know, I I will say this. I am not going to say I'm invincible. But at this point in time, I do not think with my lifestyle at this point will kill me, other than the tables that I have might might kill me. Not the drugs, just work. Mm-hmm. I think work might kill me before drugs. So update so, update the dopey nation honestly on your drug taking and drinking at this point. Um slightly drinking, um slightly marijuana smoking. Um did dope maybe the first couple of days I was back in the city about a month ago. But uh clean as a whistle other than that one little Veron little you know, side vacation I took when I first got down here. But you, I, 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 it's all as I told you. I, I think we we spoke the other day, Dave, and I told you everything. That that day it was it was garbage, and I decided that it's it's really not worth it for me to like go back into like a habit forming situation with such garbage around. Which is like interesting because you keep reading in the paper about how everyone here is dropping like flies from all this fentanyl and. This this lace shit that's going around, and I, if if it is, I sure as shit don't have connections for it. So, <laughs> well, you know what's so funny, Todd, that you mentioned that as a part of me, like, is reading all this shit about it, and I'm like, God, I wish that shit was around when I was using. <laughs> right, right. You know, did you guys hear about that story today too about those two counselors and uh? I saw that they they both died in the sober living, they right? Both died in a sober living place, yeah. and like they were counselors there. There were counselors, and they had a picture of their like, of like the little setup that one of them had in their in their room, and like this guy had all these Lucy's and like vape pens and a couple of bags, and he didn't. Yeah, he had. They had like a, a rig, like loaded up too, right? Loaded it was up, unused. Yeah, because yeah, I, I know I saw oh, that. I was yeah. like, that looks like a real rig full of dope. That's what caught my my eye. 
Yeah, I mean, like, and then I will say, I mean, two two people that I was like not close with, but associates, just from my neighborhood in the last month, have literally dropped dead. From uh, one one guy shot a bag of fentanyl, he's gone. Um, she, this girl came home from uh, three days in Connecticut, found her boyfriend in the embryo position on the floor, like you know, like kind of like doubled over on his knees. Like he he only did one bag and he's gone. And this was like a you know a drug superhero, if you will, and uh, gone. And then this other guy just two days ago, they found him in a stairwell of his mother's building because uh, his mother kicked him out of the apartment and they just found him dead um, in his stairwell. But he was he was a garbage head. He was like on PCP. He was. Hmm. Doing dope pills. He was one of the neighborhood. He was one of the neighborhood PCP guys. <laughs> yeah, because there's a little yes, PCP crew on the Upper East Side mm-hmm. that yes, Todd runs with occasionally. I, I swear I, to God, I what? Smoked my first PCP blunt with this guy, and now he is dead. So tell so us, Todd. Kind of scary. Tell us, tell us about PCP. How did it make P- you feel? That's uh, the one drug Dave and I haven't done. It's um, it's very tranquilizerish. It's like it warps your brain. Um, I, I'm not really down. It's like I don't know. I did it maybe like three times in total, and like the first time I was kind of bugging out. Second time it was very chill and relaxing, and the third time it was just kind of it tasted this it, it always tastes disgusting by the way it tastes to me like the way dead bodies would smell it's formaldehyde that helps yeah it, 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 that's what they say but I, I read up on it online and it doesn't say anything about formaldehyde so I don't know I, I, it's, it's, I it's, it's disgusting it I do not suggest Dopey Nation try PCP it's disgusting no. it will destroy you did you just say um, you suggest that the Dopey Nation try PCP do not do oh, not okay. try <laughs> PCP it's disgusting now let me ask you this: You yes, have brother. you have money in your pocket, you're, you're working, and uh, and you're and you're smoking weed here and there, and you're drinking here and there. What is going right. to prevent you from running to Harlem or Brooklyn or you know the Lower East Side or whatever? I don't want to die from fentanyl, and um, I I really I, as I said I it's, I tried it. I came back. I was all excited to get high, and it let me down. It wasn't. I didn't get high. I wasted my money, and uh, I'm, I don't want to have to go back to live with mom and dad again. I think that's the thing that's preventing me mostly from getting back into a habit-forming situation with uh, with my good old friend Heroin. Yeah. Um, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm trying very, very hard to uh, stay on the up and up. And I, I need to go to work every day. And at this place, it's like. It's, it's pedal to the metal, man. Like, if I show up sick, like, I'm not going to be able to do my job, and they're going to fire me immediately, and then I'm back to, like, living with mom and dad again, which is going to be a nightmare. Well, what about Puma? So, Puma hasn't hit you up? No, Puma has got some serious back problems, and he actually called me up about a week ago and said that he's really, he's, like, in some serious, like, body pain and blah, 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 and how was I doing? And I actually thought he was dead because I hadn't heard from him in ages. But uh, he's not even, he's not working as far as I know with that stuff. And uh, he was asking, I said, why don't you get some medication to actually help your back? And he's like, I can't because I'm on so much methadone. I don't think I'll feel any of the pain medication they're giving me. And uh, he's in a real bind. He's really fucked. He can't sleep at night. 
because of the pain and he's fucked. It's because his dope is garbage, that's why. Um, Yeah, well, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I really, it's, it's, unless you offend all on your dope at this point in the city, I think it's pretty much going to be garbage. I mean, that's really the reason why I think they keep putting it in there because you can get a kilo of that for like, uh, a fraction of the cost of what a, a kilo of dope is, and I just put a sprinkle in that shit, and you're fucking, you're fucked. I'm thinking, I mean, that shit. I'm thinking, Todd, that they must not like cut it and stomp it well enough or something. So, like, I think occasionally there's just a bag that must go through that's like really fucking strong. You know, it must be hard not, for them to cut it right. I mean, they did it. They did the autopsy on that guy that that my uh, my my girlfriend, not my girlfriend, but. Uh, that, that girl that found her boyfriend dead and the bag they do like a field test right then and there when the detective showed up they did a field test and there was no dope in there at all it was all fentanyl oh no shit 100% fentanyl so he dropped dead like pretty much immediately I mean this shit is so dangerous I mean it's 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 literally I mean, there are stories in the paper about this cop that was just dusting the shit off of his uniform oh I heard about that and, yeah, they had What's to give that? him a Narcan pen. They had to give him a Narcan He inhaled Narcan it. Pen. He inhaled a breath of, like, uh, fentanyl powder. This guy tried to, like, rub it into his car, like, or something when he got pulled over. And the cops yeah, started yeah. overdosing and had to be hit with Narcan. Where is it coming I, from? Uh, China. Yeah. It's coming from China. You can buy it in the dark web. It is very inexpensive. And it will fucking rock your god. It, it, it won't rock your world. You will die. Like, literally, fentanyl will kill you. It's so strong and it's so dangerous. I mean, that CVS story I told you guys months ago when I first moved back upstate where I passed out in the middle of the aisle, like I was shopping, la, la, la. You didn't tell us that story, Todd. I I thought I did. You told us the story about when you went to unemployment and you got so bored waiting for the counselor that you went into the bathroom and got high. I didn't tell you the CVS story. Tell it now. CVS story, very quickly. Give me five minutes, dude. I'll be right back in. Five minutes. He's going to get fired yeah, for yeah, being yeah. on dope. Okay. <laughs> Is okay. it fired so, from yeah, dope yeah, or fired from fired, dopey? Getting fired right now for... for all right, so I, I, I told you this story. All right, so I left the unemployment thing, went home. I forgot to get bring my tweezers or some bullshit. And I go to CVS. I ripped, a, I ripped whatever... I think I ripped a bag. And then I was fine. I walked into my apartment, blah, blah, blah. Going to CVS. And uh, shopping, grabbing this, grabbing that. Next thing I know, <laughs> I'm on the floor. I wake up. There's like five CVS employees all circled around me, all whispering. And I come to, and they're like, sir, are you okay? And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, you, um, all the customers said that you were on the floor. So we came over here. And, dude, I literally, I literally crumpled into a ball, just kind of like the way that that guy was found dead in this girl's apartment. I crumpled into a ball, like, you know, like over my knees. And, like, I hit my head on the shelf, which I didn't realize until the next day because I had a huge egg on my forehead. And I hit my head, going down, came to, and didn't even know what had happened. Like, I literally just passed out while being completely, you know, aware. And then I just, you know, I, I, 20 minutes later, I was on the floor, you know, dead to the world. I came to you about five, 10 minutes later, thank God. And uh, in a store in my neighborhood, a block, from, not half a block from my apartment, 
and I can never go back in that story oh again because I'm so fucking embarrassed. <laughs> but um, yeah, I literally, it literally brought me to my knees, and I didn't know what was going on. It was scary as shit. And I swear to God, I thought I told you guys this story. That's I, I can't crazy. believe I held that. Would you think it I was? <clears throat> do you think it was fentanyl? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because dope, you're awake, you're alive. I, it gives me energy. This shit, I was shopping, and the next thing I know, I'm passed out on the floor in a ball. So something was definitely up with that shit. And as I said, I was at a meeting for unemployment, and I passed out during the meeting. I mean, what? That doesn't happen. <laughs> You know, like oh when you're just God. on heroin. I mean, fuck. I it can happen on heroin. You can nod out at a uh, meeting on heroin. God. Give me a break. Oh, uh, not me. I got my shit. You know, I, I, <laughs> you I, you I, might be the, the 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 most diluted person I've ever encountered in my life. Possibly, possibly. But I will tell you this: that shit is no joke. Um, I I don't know. I, the world of the world is dope of dope is ruined because of this fentanyl. It's too strong. Because the it's world of dope was so good before <laughs> fentanyl, right? Yeah, I mean, if you want to get high, it's that's this thing. Like fentanyl is literally just you're awake, and the next thing you know, you're out for like you're out, or if or maybe dead. It's like it's not even like a game. It's like you're pretty much you're gonna die. Like it's it's so strong, you don't know, and you don't know these people. You don't know what. How they're mixing it, you know, you don't know what the what the percentage is. I mean, you're getting heroin and then you're getting fentanyl, which is like a hundred times more powerful than like morphine. I mean, that shit is—it's no joke, man. It's like it's really dangerous. Yeah, it's all—it's all—it's all dangerous, though. I mean, this stuff—it's it's unpredictable. Really but uh, yeah, go yeah. go save your job. I don't want to see you get right, fired because you're right, on dopey. Right. Well, I love you guys. I love Dopey Nation. God bless y'all. I'll try to. Um, We'll try to get together next time you guys record. I'll try to get the night off or something so I can find me, Chris, and we'll uh, we'll go deeper in death. For and sure, everything. Todd. It was a pleasure All talking. Right. Right, be in touch. Uh, don't don't be a fucking stranger. I won't. I'm here now. I'm here. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> we're we're gonna make this thing happen. All right. All right. Later, All right, man. guys. I love you. I love you all. I'll talk to you guys soon. Love you too, man. Later. All right. Oh, yeah, the answer. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It was great to hear from Todd. It's good for the Dopey Nation to hear what's going on, too. A cautionary tale. You co-signed that, that story? That's a cautionary tale. What does... Pretend I'm stupid. I think that you and me are out of touch. We're not in the game anymore. We heard somebody who's in the game who, from his very phone call, you can tell he has a big ego and how well he can handle his dope. And he's saying people are dying because of it. Mr. I Can Handle My Dope never shot a bag in his life. Oh, yeah, he's a sniffer, huh? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I hear what you're saying. People are dying from fentanyl. What do we know about fentanyl? There's that- some other one. There's cartonfinil or something. Cartonfinil. I heard there's, there's yeah, cart- like 10,000. Yeah. What do we know about this? Well, fentanyl, when I was using... It wasn't in the dope everywhere. It was duragesic patches that had this gel in it that you could cut it open. And they made lollipops. And they made lollipops too. And the the the, the it was dangerous that if you shot the patches. But the difference was it was measured in micrograms, so you knew exactly how much you were getting. Do you know what I mean? So while it was still dangerous, it was like you knew what the dosage was. You know. It's funny, like um, you know, like the idea of like wanting recovery for somebody else. Like, you ever, you ever, have you ever wanted someone else to get clean? 
Yes. Like somebody who can't get it. Yes. And um, you want them to... You want to know someone There's a mutual friend that you know. Well, just, we shouldn't do a name game. Dystopian <laughs> Asian, I just not even know who we're talking about. Should I say who it was? Sure. Um, Kevin. Remember Kevin... Don't say his last I name. I said it all yeah. wrong anyways. But yeah, I just like really wanted him to get it because he just was like sort of sad his, what's going on in his life. and He was very smart too. Yeah. He's he is smart. He's funny, yeah. He's all those things. It's, you know what the saddest thing about Kevin was? Is he's like he's like your age, he's playing his forties, and he just had so many like blow ups and just like started over and his dad comes to help him set up and he just got so like okay with it. And I helped him move from where I was living in Great Barrington to Pittsfield to this sober living that was kinda shitty from his apartment and I was like you know, he had no one to help him and I and I was helping him move his bags and shit and I was like, you know, why did you have to leave this apartment, you know? And he's like, Well they they came and told me uh, I need to be out by Monday. And I said, why? And he goes, I don't know. He's like, I just, um, he's like, I blacked out for like a couple weeks. And then um, he's like, I came to, and a few days after I came to, they just came by and told me I needed to move out. I was like, have you been paying? He's like, yeah. I'm like, aren't you curious? Like what you did? What he did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You know, just sad. He just like totally accepted it. He wasn't even laughing at it. He's just like, I don't know. Did I ever tell you my my first experience with him, with Kevin? No. It's like, to me, it was the fucking funniest thing I ever saw. What? Uh, I'm a mountainside. I had just gotten there. I'm there for maybe five days, and Kevin checks in. But Kevin checks in like he owns the place. He's got, like, his running shoes, his regular shoes. He's up at five in the morning. He goes out. He runs the perimeter. I thought he worked there. <laughs> he's, he's straight out of detox. Well, that's what he's like, too. He's straight out of detox in the meetings, and he talks. He talks a good game, even, you know? So you think that. I could totally see But who goes into rehab like that, too? I, I didn't know. I was like, maybe he's like the, 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 the resident advisor. And he knew everybody because he'd been there yeah, before. Yeah, I just thought he worked there. But, like, with Todd, and it's like, I'm not jealous that Todd is smoking a little bit of weed. Yeah. You know, it, I'm not... And and, and it's, it's like I'm having a I'm struggling with my feelings around the whole story. It's like I've seen Todd uh, destroy his life every you mean year. The denial that's so rampant with him. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that that needs to be like it's not my business. I think Courtney hit the nail on the head on what she said about him in the meeting. Is what she was picking up. It wasn't. Um, the details of what he was doing it was the denial of the reality of his use well you hear him right there yeah. you know yeah it's like and but he's I, so fucking great like i've never even met the man and like he's just funny he's just on you know he's easy to talk to oh yeah he's, he's a joy until i mean i'm just i'm nervous for him that's all i have to say about it and i was only mad because because I, he's a liar you know what i mean like he 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 disappears and he comes up with real cockamamie plans and it's charming, but he's fucking 43 years old, you know, and like, I don't know. Love Todd. Uh, and Has I, he ever had like a long-term girlfriend or anything? Uh, yeah, but not in a long time. Using? He was using. Was she? He, uh, he's had several long-term girlfriends. Right. Um, but. Codependent stuff? Girls? Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I knew the first one was this very beautiful hippie girl in Ithaca, 
Yeah. And they would smoke weed together. And then he told me some story about an incredibly beautiful Australian girl that, that got him into meth. Yeah. And he would just like... He just told a story about... Passing out in CVS. <laughs> but the funniest thing is he was sure he told us the story before. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, he definitely didn't tell us. I would remember that. Wouldn't you have? Yeah. Anyway. Did I ever tell you about my cough syrup thing in CVS? No. Um, you know about my cough syrup addiction, right? Mm-hmm. When I was like 13, 14, uh-huh. a lot of cough syrup. Well, um, Dopey Nation, I was drinking like... Uh, and I, I, said this on, I said this on the Share podcast, I think, actually. Yeah, I did. Um, I was drinking like two bottles of Robitussin Maximum Strength right. cough a night. It's really taste foul. You know, that, that, now they have the pure DXM and pills. They did it when I was like 13 years old, 14 years old when I was doing this. Um, anyways, it's a long story behind that. I'm not going to retell it because I've said it before. But it got really bad where I'd smell the um, the cough syrup and I'd instantly start gagging. You know what I mean? Like my body, because I was drinking it for like months almost every day my body started i was getting really makes you stupid um and i was starting to get this like reaction to it where my body would just like inherently like it just start like dry heaving and then smell it's like no like please don't do that well it got so bad that i remember i went to go buy some in um cvs and i went down the aisle and i saw the bottle of Robitussin Maximum Strength Cough. I still remember what the packaging looks like. It was very basic back then. Mm-hmm. And I vomited. Just from seeing... On the, the floor in CVS? Yeah. Just like, bleh. Yeah. Wow. That's... I mean, that smell, memory... And you know what's funny to talk about, though? I was fucking 14 years old. I know. I was a fucking child. I see a 14-year-old now. I mean, I counsel 14-year-olds for my, my job, you know, like in high school. They're babies. They're fucking babies. And it's like, no wonder I'm fucking a weirdo. <laughs> I was chucking cops here. When I was Dude, it's, it's amazing. The nature of addiction, suspended adolescence. It just keeps making me think of the idea of you sitting here with the syringe in front of you and you... Yeah, I know. Whatever. We already proved that. We already proved my, that. my point is, is only what, you know, and, and the way the mind works when you get taken back to a place, like you smell something or whatever. I, I mean... My favorite, my only CVS story is that I, I lived across the street from CVS forever. Well, how about the CVS story in... Um, Do they even have... That's all Dwayne Reed's up in there. No, there, right on the street, There's it's like the Sunset Strip of pharmacies. There's Rite Aid, there's Dwayne Reed, and there's CVS. You remember when I took you to the CVS by my house on the Lower East Side? And the oh, Chinese yeah, yeah, guy? the Chinese was <laughs> the best. I didn't tell you this, so there's this pharmacist that's really tight with Dave and he knows Dave used to be a junkie and he would sell him syringes all the time and he's just like a super happy Chinese guy and so I went there and, and I, I talked to him once and I was with you and I was like yeah I'm a junkie and stuff and and then Dave left to go do something and I was buying something at the pharmacy and I was like and I was saying how great it is that we're clean and then I was like I was like and uh, I was like let me get a couple hundred <laughs> <laughs> and he literally like he like got all serious and he was like Okay, and I was like, nah, I was just kidding. And he goes, oh, yeah, he starts laughing. Yeah. He'd always be like, you were so fucked up. No. <laughs> you were so fucked up. When you were using? Yeah. No, 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 no. After. When, when I finally showed up clean. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, you look so much better. It's funny. When I lived in Brooklyn, I think I actually took a cab to that CVS because there was no 24 hour. Places that right sold syringes. Bridge. It was the only, it was the closest place that was open twenty four hours at old syringes, and I literally had to go to like three places. Before I bet that. you bought it from him. 
Maybe. I don't remember. Actually. And then before that, when I was here, when I was in Chelsea and I was using, and I would spend, I would spend all my money on, on dope and drugs, and I didn't have any money for food. And I would, I had a little like messenger bag as my backpack, and I would go to CVS and I would just steal, and I would steal cereal, and I would steal cookies, <laughs> and I would do it like every like every day. I'd be like, dude, like I was shopping. Yeah, I would just go go steal. It's all about confidence when you steal. You just, yeah. it's like I'm I, I'm buying these things, and you just don't yeah. buy. It. But and when Todd says how he's never going to turn up in that CVS again because because he was so embarrassed. Yeah. I, eventually, I got caught stealing cookies. Yeah. Cookies. <laughs> and CVS, and they were like, "You can't come back." I was like, "I Did hear you." Go back? Yeah, and they, they, they didn't mind, you know. And I never, I never stole, I never stole anything again, really. Dude, but. I just remember this. I was at a CVS in um, Boston. I was in Rock. I think it was in Mattapan, and uh, I shot up in the bathroom, and I threw the syringe in the. Um, there was like a little trash thing, like one of those like where they take the paper towels and it's like a little tiny rectangle. I threw it in there. And, uh, did you I, break it? I didn't break it. And I leave and outside the door is a security guard standing there. Right. And, uh, he brings the manager over and they go in and they search the bathroom. They knew, they just like knew I was getting high and they find the syringe and, um, they're like, do you have any drugs? I'm like, no. And I, I just immediately, it was like really nice. I was like, sorry. Like I did do drugs in here. Like I just like immediately copped it. It was like humble. And, um, the security guard turns to the manager. He's like, should we call the police? And the manager's like, no. And the security guard like turns to me. He's like, okay. He's like, you have to leave. He's like, you're never allowed back in the store. And I swear to God, the manager goes, no. He's like, it's all right. Like, he can come back. Like, <laughs> I was like, hilarious. He's like, a good customer. <laughs> he's a good kid. He just had a little dope in the bathroom. Okay, I'm going to read an email. Yeah. Oh, are you going to read the one from Australia? Yeah. Okay. Have you read this one yet? Yeah. Oh, my dad, my dad just texted, I bet you ate all the chocolate goodies. <laughs> and right back, just the Weedabix. <laughs> hey, fellas. It's uh, Gabby. This is, okay, she knows me. Yeah, yeah. um, I just Facebooked you, and thanks for replying. I recorded this yesterday in day three of the whale of my laps with my partner. Thought you would enjoy. Sorry for the lengthy drivel. Everything is kind of said in the recording. But yeah, I'm 28 and a heroin addict, alcoholic, downer queen, and in my first recovery. Just moved back at the beginning of the year from Melbourne back to Brisbane, where I grew up and have been uh, doing it tough. But I've, we're not playing the voicemail because it's too long. It's yeah. 23 minutes. Yeah. Gabby, send us a shorter one and we'll play it. you got a great voice. Um, uh, where I grew up and have been doing it tough, but I pulled myself up. And I'm literally about to walk into an NA meeting. If I haven't gone on for so long in the recording, I would have liked to talk more about NA in Australia. I've had a bit of a rough experience being a young woman in the fellowship here. There are just so many creepy predator dudes, and I always feel like I'm getting almost white trashed out of the rooms some days because I'm young, educated, privileged, privileged went to an all-girls Catholic prestigious school, Grew up in the western suburbs, etc., and there are many urchins that don't take me seriously because I don't wear tracksuits and flip-flops. I seriously have so many stories about any to tell, but the worst was probably when I first came into the rooms in January this year when I moved back. I'd been to meetings down in Melbourne, but just wasn't ready yet, so luckily I knew what it was like and was aware that some people in it are just fucked. 
but I came in and felt like I just had dicks flying at me from all angles. Like I get hit up down the side of the building meetings. Like I'd get hit up down the side of the building meetings were in by dudes asking me to literally get on and fuck. It was the worst. Then this 50-year-old has-been guy who reckoned he was an NA guru in the rooms for 15 years just hounded me and became, like, super obsessed and took it upon himself to be my temporary sponsor whilst I was struggling to find an older, cleaner female member in the beginning. He was just so awful. Was ADD, so talked a million miles a minute and never listened to me. Always talked over me. Always tried to get me to come over to his house and, like, stay over. Kept telling me I was the coolest person in NA, yet I should be wary of about being too cool. What the fuck? Talked this big talk about being a feminist and how he was the only guy in the rooms I could trust. Meanwhile, I've never felt so patronized, sexualized, and preyed upon. Then stuff started to get really intense. Like he would get psycho at me for not calling him in two days and shared my step work with other people. Yuck. And my partner and I had just gone to the Byron Bay NA convention with him where he was so creepy and wouldn't leave us alone to the point where at one stage we actually legged it when he wasn't looking. And when he tried to call us, I had to text and say we'd gone for a route because it was the only thing he couldn't involve himself in. Although, what's a root? I guess I that fucking. Know. I don't know. I thought like a root beer, or maybe it's a beer. I no, I think it's the two of them had gotten hooked up. Oh, okay. Because it says it was the only thing he couldn't involve himself maybe in. Maybe they drink. Although, I'm sure he would have tried to. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. So a day or. Yeah, Australian uh, dopey people, root. What is, what is that? I don't know. Stop whatever you fucking. You're like texting people. No, I'm not. I'm reading along to the same really? email. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so a day or two after the convention, and I was ignoring his calls and avoiding meetings, he would do stuff like not actually go into the meeting, but wait for me outside after when it finished so he could obviously get the sense that I was about to be like back off, you know, and he sends me this huge text dumping me as a sponsee with all this shit about what I had to be doing, stuff I already was doing, but he never listened to me. I couldn't be fucked replying, so thought I'd just see him at a meeting soon and say something polite, like, yeah, it's okay. I think it's best if you work on your own recovery at the moment, or something along those lines. But the next meeting I go to, I'm running late, and I'm rushing into the building when I hear my name. And he's, of course, hanging outside the building, obviously waiting for me. I say hey, and he launches into this big apology about his texts. And I'm like, look, it's fine, but I'm late, so if you want to talk to me, walk with me. And so he's following me down the side of the building, rambling on and on, and then he goes, oh, and I relapsed. I'm pretty shocked, because this dude's meant to be ten years clean, so I'm like, what happened? Pretty warily, and goes, oh, I was talking to so-and-so about how stressful it was sponsoring you, and I relapsed over it. I was so fucking angry, I cut him off with my signature death stare and saying, I am not responsible for your using before walking away. Anyway, he sheepishly pulled back from meetings a lot, like he would come every day when he was being my number one stalker, and now I've only seen him a couple times since, and it's come out of the woodwork that people know him to creep on young women newcomers. Do you guys witness this type of shit in the States a lot? 
I've had to make the women's group my home group because it's the only place I can feel 100% comfy. I don't know if it's a Brisbane thing or all of Australia because I didn't stick it out in Melbourne long enough to know. Anyway, whoa, there's another <laughs> long rambling story for you. I feel like I'm stalking you guys now. I'm super obsessed with Dopey and think it's great for it to be helping destigmatize addiction. Oh, by the way, the recordings is in the below for an email. Sorry, I have very little few life skills and am bad at phones computers. Have a good day, guys, and keep up the good work, Gabby. All right. That's great. It's a good email. That's a very um, pertinent topic, too. Sort of the predators, you know what they call them? Sharks and barracudas. So the sharks are the men and the barracudas are the women. But this wasn't just... Why do you suppose that is? Well, this... Why, why do you think women are the barracudas? Because barracudas are skinnier and sleeker. Ooh, barracuda. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this isn't even that, though. I mean, this is like next level. It's not just... It's sharkish, but it's also like neurotic stalkerish stuff, you know? Listen... Uh, you're dealing with a population of people who are sick, who are sick, and like they were probably incredibly awkward and alone before they got sober, and then they get sober and they get this community, yeah, and they don't know how to handle their shit, yeah, you know. And I'm not making an excuse. It's no, like, no, of course, no. And I hate to bash it too. I think it's more. Com- I'm not going to even use specifics i think it's more common in one fellowship than it is in another fellowship which is what i wrote to her i don't know if that's even true i think it's totally true i mean i've seen it in a too of, of course i mean i was trying to avoid using the specific titles yeah I'm sorry. i've seen it less in one fellowship i think it has to do it's what you just said though it, it's about sickness yeah it's about compulsivity yeah it's about loneliness, too. Like, yeah. it's about the nature of, of humanity. And it's like you have these older guys and these young girls come in and they feel like they can help them. And they're not honest with themselves about what the hell is going on, And it's, it, it's just like, well, I mean, you even see it at the higher levels. When you talked about it on the show is people who have some sort of spiritual power. And I'm talking about real power, like these gurus and these yoga people, these yogis. Like, you hear it all the time. Them like, it happens all the time. preaching chastity, you know, and abstinence, and then they're trying to bang all the women that are, like, around them and stuff. And, and it, I'm not saying it's everyone, but it's something you see, you know? It's a simple power dynamic. It's so funny, though, because it's like, you have this story, right? You have Scott Countryman's story. <laughs> yeah. Where the, where the yeah, counselor wild, dude. did that. And then you have stories about a man and a woman who, like, creep on each other and they, like, get married and an right. and, and they're, like, happy ever after. Yeah, after. you know, and I'm not saying... It's no, like, it's great. And so my sponsor's sponsor, Tim, who was on the show a few episodes ago, he met his wife in AA, and I think she was, like, kind of, like, newcomer. She had, like, three, four months. And he just knew there was something about her. They started dating. They've been together forever. They have two kids. He's, you know, director of a treatment center, and she's, you know, beautiful marriage, and... So it's so strange to hear that, you know? The worst piece, though, the worst piece is, like, we're talking about, like, lives. You know, you're talking about you're walking into a place to get help uh, for something that will kill you. 
You know, like like I'm. It's people not, are like, let me get a piece. <laughs> but yeah, it's not like the high school dance. Yeah, you're going to save your life. Yeah, and, and like people treat it like it is the high school. Totally, dance. young people's meetings I go to, everybody's just eye fucking each other. It actually, and like I engage in it, and after a while, it's like kind of like sickening. Like you go in, and it's just so easy to see it. You know. I understand it. People making eyes at each other across the room because, like, when somebody does it with each other, it makes them feel better for a second. Right. It does, though. It makes you feel like, 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 like you're worthwhile. Somebody likes me. Yeah, it's your low self esteem, you know? It's like, it's, I think that's like the best thing about that email in my mind. Well, you know what? The truth is that after that whole thing that happened, talked about a couple episodes, the rejection thing is like, I. Kind of like threw myself into shit, and like luckily I didn't act out entirely, but like I was doing that in one way or another, you know. I felt like, you know, like my ego had taken a hit, and I felt less than, and I started like kind of like reaching out to people compulsively to feel better about myself, and it's like that, it's just total insecurity, right? And then it's that on steroids when you have a week clean, and you're 21, yeah, you know, and you're 22, and yeah. you're you've been alone for two years and now you're going to the young people's meeting and everyone's dressed up. (laughs) You know, it's a mind fuck. Yeah. But I think the best thing in the email was she said she feels super comfy at the women's meeting and like, what an opportunity get in touch with your people. You know what I mean? Like avoid the social one, you know, until you're ready for it. I recommend the early morning ones. Yeah. At the early morning everyone's ones. Everyone's going to work. <laughs> everyone's going to work and about their business, and it's frankly too early it's to a, look yeah, good. It isn't a social event. No, I mean, even my early morning one was very social. No, yeah, but I'm saying it's not a social event. There's a difference. There's right. social, but then like at night it's like an event, and then afterwards people may be going out. And right. Like, you know, in the morning it's like you shoot the shit, you catch up, and then you go to work. Right. I, you know, I never was a night meeting guy, ever. Um, and the morning meeting, like, there were couples there and there was like eyeing and whatnot. Yeah. But like, I find that, you know, it's all about meeting to meeting, but I think you could avoid some predatory shit if you go before nine in the morning. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Um, I think we should play, uh, Tina's, um, Christina's. Yeah. Uh, not Tina. Not the Tina. This is Christina. This is Christina. But Christina, I mean, after Tina and Leah, Christina's been with us for some time. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I'm looking forward to our uh, Skype rendezvous, if you listen to this, uh, Christina. So the title of her voice memo is... Wow, look at you. What? The rendezvous. The the title of her her voice memo is Twacked. What does that mean? I really like Christina. She's cool, dude. Um... It's like tweaked, I think. I've never heard them say twacked. I thought it was like some software she was using. Some message sending software called twacked. That's how stupid I am. (laughs) And it's actually part of Reddit. Was that a joke? It was a joke. Hit it. All right, you ready? Yeah. Hello, sexy Dave and Chris. I don't know why, but I've always had this thing for Dave's voice ever since I first heard you guys. Um, I want to say I love the show. I've been listening for, I don't know, a while now, and I love how you guys give your audience a outlet to share their own stories. Um, I know for myself, at least, I have a job where I can't be honest about who I was in the past. No one knows about my addiction history, 
So there's something healing about, um, I don't know, sending you guys emails from time to time and, and we'll see how this voice recording goes. So, um, this is a story about psychosis and meth. And I can't say that I consider myself to be a tweaker, but there was definitely two points in my life where I was a tweaker. Um, just because my drug of choice is heroin, but it was just because during those two times of my life, um, heroin was not available because of the location that I was in. So I used the next best thing, or actually like the only good thing, which was um, meth. And um, meth along with benzos. So <clears throat> to start out the story, um, this took place in Central America. I ended up moving there several years ago to take Ibogaine to get clean off heroin. And that's a whole different story. But um, I was able to successfully get off heroin for about six months through Ibogaine. <clears throat> but I didn't have a follow-up um, treatment lined up, basically. Um, I didn't have any aftercare the entire time that I was there following my, um, my Ibogaine session. I was white-knuckling it. I felt like I was so miserable. Um, and it finally got to the point where I didn't want to relapse, but I felt like I didn't have another choice. I felt like my only choice to ease the discomfort and the pain that I was feeling was to relapse. And the only thing that I had to relapse with was meth. So... Um, and I had never been in psychosis that I can think of uh, before this this time. And I was in Central America with um, another friend who I'd met who had gone down for Ibogaine as well. We'll call him M. And M and I ended up relapsing around the same time. We had both been in Mexico for a little bit over half a year. Um, oh, shit, I said Mexico. Fuck it. Um, and so we'd been there for a little bit over half a year and, uh, and we didn't relapse together, but we relapsed around like the same week and he approached me one day and he said, Hey, like, did you relapse? Cause you look like you did. And I said, yes. And, uh, we're, we were basically like, fuck it. You know what? Might as well just get high together. So we started doing that. <clears throat> and, um, and the psychosis and I, I guess like the craziness started when, uh, I had a dog that had to get surgery while we were down there. And, uh, the vet that was doing the surgery was a friend of mine. And during the surgery, um, I was in the waiting room and M was helping out with the surgery. And I, I saw in front of me that there was a, uh, um, what's it called? Like a, a tool, uh, a toolbox full of medications. Um, that was that, that was the vets. And the first vial that I saw in the toolbox said, um, ketamina on it. And, uh, so I'd never tried ketamine before, but I knew what it was. And, um, 
and I was on meth at the time and I was very impulsive. So I took the vial, the liquid vial of ketamine and I put it in my pocket. And after the surgery, Em and I went back to my house and I showed him what I had. And and by the way, that was very out of character for me, even in like the midst of my heroin addiction. Um, I've always been very against stealing. Uh, I've always been that, that person that wanted to do no harm or do as little harm as possible to other people. I was in like the, the business of just hurting myself in my addiction, which was so not true, but that was what I tried to tell myself. I was always really against stealing from other people and I tried to just um, hurt myself basically. <clears throat> so it was out of character for me to steal this vial of, of ketamine. And, um, so amongst, uh, or at the same time as like taking shots of, of meth, M and I, um, researched a little bit about injecting ketamine and we ended up injecting the entire vial over a course of a couple of days. Um, and then it was bizarre. Ketamine was super bizarre, uh, especially IV ketamine because it's so short lasting. Um, I smoked DMT a couple of times. It was really similar to DMT, just very hard to explain. I feel like everything went brown. Uh, I feel like everything had a brown tint to it. Um, and it's a dissociative, so everything slowed down. Um, motor skills weren't really working that well, but it went away after like 10 minutes or 15 minutes. And I can't say I enjoyed it that much, but it was something different than what I was feeling. So, um, that's what I was looking for. And, um, and then this, the psychosis started happening because I continued with the, with the meth use. Um, and we were injecting meth, which I had only done a handful of times before that time in my life. Um, and then taking benzos to come down since we didn't have, uh, opiates or other narcotics to come down. Um, and I guess I completely forgot that I had a history of grand mal seizures from taking benzos, um, which I ended up having again, but, um, from benzo withdrawal a couple weeks after this, but, um, but I wasn't thinking about that then. So, uh, so we were shooting up meth and I was working at a hospital at the time in this town that I was in and, um, the people at the hospital didn't know what was going on. They, they knew that I was there for Ibogaine though. Uh, and they knew, um, that I had a history of addiction so, um, <clears throat> he was pro- like my, the director of the hospital probably did know what was going on, but I wasn't aware of it at the time. So first signs of psychosis was when, um, and I have, I have a lot of moles on my body. I have little freckles and moles that stick up just a little bit all over my body. And, um, we had just gotten a new dog that was staying at our house and Em and I both thought, that all of the moles on our body were ticks from this dog because we were living in a place that had a lot of ticks and fleas. And so in my psychotic state, I, and I had a, I had had one tick on the back of my neck once that just freaked me out so much. I think I had some PTSD from having this tick on my neck when I was, when I was really young. So I had this like mission that I had to get rid of all these ticks off my body because I was just so grossed out by it 
when in fact they were not ticks and they were just moles or freckles. So I ended up taking a tweezers and and digging out the, these freckles from my from my legs and from my stomach and and uh, mostly in places that I could cover up. But it was also like a very hot climate, so like. I ended up wearing pants after this and like long shirts, but, um, which was rare because, you know, it's hundred degree weather. Uh, but yeah, I had pick marks all over my body from places that I thought I had ticks. And then the worst part was me working in this hospital, um, and convinced that I had ticks all over my body. I went to the ER of the hospital that I worked at to show my, the doctors that I worked with that I had this like tick infestation in my house and that I had them on my body. And it was weird because they, uh, they thought that they could have been ticks as well, just really burrowed into my skin or maybe they were just entertaining me and they thought that I was going crazy and they just didn't want to point out the, like what was actually happening. I don't know. But I went to, I went to the ER to have them like look at my body for, for ticks. And, um, and then uh, I, uh, <clears throat> me and M kept using, and uh, I remember, and this was all like within a maybe a week uh, or a week and a half. Um, we didn't sleep. We would be up all night long, um, just going around the streets of the town that we were living in, um, riding his longboard, and just doing random ass shit. Um, just so twacked out. And, uh, I remember hating him too at the time. Like I just absolutely hated him. He was a good friend of mine for like the six months prior to this. And I just fucking hated him high. It was one of those, one of those friends that you meet when you're sober and you should never use together. And once you do, you just instantly regret it and know that your relationship was never meant to be that way. You were never meant to be high with them, but it was what it was. <laughs> and on our last night in the town that we were in, and this is after like a week of not sleeping, um, and M, he used to make furniture, uh, like out of driftwood and out of um, <clears throat> different types of wood that he would find in, in like the, the tropical rainforest where we were living. And he tells me one night, and then also like his, his like tweaker, self, um, during this week is just like making furniture constantly and, (laughs) and, or at least like taking apart furniture constantly and making just random shit for his house that he was living in. Um, I don't know if anything actually got completed, but you know, that's how tweakers work. And, uh, so on the last night that we were in this town, we stayed up all night and we went, um, to a neighboring town because he told me that, so M told me that there was this house in the neighboring town that, um, it was basically like a junkyard of free stuff and you could go take whatever you wanted from the, from the front yard. Um, because I don't know, the, the owner was a hoarder and, and he just gave away free stuff. and we were hoarders during that week. So it was like the best, you know, best idea that we had. Let's go to this house and just get, get a bunch of random stuff. And, and, um, and so we went there and looking back, like, I really don't think that any of the shit was free. I think this guy was a hoarder and I think maybe he just had like a constant yard sale, but I don't think any of it was supposed to be taken for free. Um, but we took a shit ton of stuff and, uh, 
some of which included um, cut up really nice wood that M wanted to make furniture out of. So he loaded up his car, which was a sedan, um, with wood just in the entire back seat. And in the process, he shattered his back window, um, which ended up flying off the back of our car when we were driving. Um, it was just so fucked up. And then we brought all this random shit back to the house and just like tinkered all night and did what tweakers do all night. And, um, yeah, it was fucking insane. And I think that was probably the worst psychosis that, that I've had. And when I finally did, uh, get sober and come out of it, it, I was horrified by, by the things that we had done, but, and it's still looking back, like that was still some of the worst weeks of my life, but I think it's time to laugh about it. So I wanted to share with you guys, um, a story about my madness and I love you guys. Bye. What'd you think? Uh, I think she has a survivor's laugh. She laughs the survivor's laugh. She laughs the survivor's laugh. I think that's a crazy story. Christina is definitely part of the Dopey Nation. She's earned her seat. Well, that's true. That's true. And also, it's just like, I I love her story because um, it's just so... uh, Move over a little bit. It's just so wild. Like, you know, this Nicaragua and all the places she's been and stuff, you know. It's like... Using in these parts where it's like, you know, you go to AA, like in Southern California, especially, they're like, be careful, like, don't go to Mexico. And then she's like in the heart of Mexico, like, slam and tweak and stuff, you know. It's like dangerous, you know. Well, it's classic. You know, she is a do gooder. She's in the world, like, trying to make the world a better place. But it's that classic angel on one shoulder and the devil's on the other. Because while she's making the world a better place, she's like, I want the ketamina. Yeah. Give me some of the fucking meth well, if I, I can't was, get dope. I think that was uh, also, like, a little over, a, like, a year ago or however, too long, two years ago. I mean, for the last, whatever, 14, 18 months, she's been doing great shit, you know? Of course. And I also love that she thinks my voice is sexy. You love that. As soon as I heard that beginning of that voicemail, I was like, Dave is just going to... Dude, Died and gone to heaven. It's nice. And I think Christina's voice is sexy, too. I'll just say that. Yeah, well, Christina's sexy, period. Well, her voice is, is very... Well, you can't say that because you're betrothed to another. Listen, I'm betrothed to an incredibly sexy woman. She is. Dave's fiance you know? is drop-dead gorgeous. Not um, I, it doesn't... Your daughter. Your daughter you, you, like, honestly, like everybody else is so pretty. Like Your daughter is a very pretty child, too. Like, you know, like, she's a beautiful girl. Yes, yeah. she is. And she has a little bit of you, too. More than a little. Yeah, she's like both of you guys. She's a total amalgam. She's a big split between both of you. Total amalgam. But thank God she looks more like her mother. (laughs) Thank God she has some of your But just because my betrothed or betrothed or (laughs) fiancé... I don't even know. I've been watching too much Game of Thrones. is, ...is beautiful, that doesn't mean that I can't say Christina's voice is sexy. And she's a beautiful girl. Yeah. You know? What the fuck? Um, we love hearing you. What? What are you gonna do if Linda listens to this? I say, Linda, she's a beautiful girl, but I love you. <laughs> I love you, Linda. I don't love Christine. I barely know the girl. Uh, oh, why is she on my computer? <laughs> um. Anyway, you get the point. Thank you for for leaving us. A voice yes, note. thank you so much. But we great shouldn't to be objectifying Christina either. Are we, we're saying just like Jamie Lee. We're going down the path of Jamie Lee Curtis. We learned. You sure? Yes. Um, Let's hope the Skype rendezvous is a fruitful one. Yeah, I hope I hope it happens. 
Drop us a review on iTunes. Uh, like us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Our Insta updates are plentiful. Facebook every now and then. Twitter, Dave's working on it, sort of. Um, Why are you so hostile? I'm not hostile. Dude. No, you're doing a good job on Twitter. But I, I honestly... I don't even know what it is. I even like I look at it. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> I don't even get the it. worst thing about Twitter, okay? The worst thing. It's like Instagram. You put up a picture. If it's a good picture, the people like it. <laughs> a bunch of people like it. Twitter. You're like, what do I say so that somebody like does something? You know, and it's like. If five people... Well, what's so weird is it seems to be the social media outlet of choice for, like, really famous people. And That's, smart people. Yeah, like, people use Twitter more than the other ones. I have to say, I am too stupid to be good at Twitter. I am. I'm just... I. You can do Reddit, and we also have a Reddit page. Follow us on Reddit. Maybe I'm too stupid and too old. Uh, I had something else I needed to say on this podcast, but I can't remember what it was. Well... It is gone late. It's gone forever. It is late, and tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow's another day. If anybody out there thinks they could run Twitter, send me some kind of send me some kind of private message. And still, we're probably still continuing the dopey theme song challenge. You know, we're going to give people some time. We want to get several submissions um, to. uh, We need at least five. Five? I'll say five. Six? Six. Seven? Six songs. Six submissions, but we'll take as many as 20. Yeah. Now... No, oh, we'll take as many as infinite. And then we will play your song on the Dopey Podcast, and you can select the winner of the Dopey Theme Song Contest. Absolutely. And, and we'll take any genre. What else do we have left to talk about right now? Nothing. So with that, one last time, please drop us a review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. And if you've already subscribed, you have to search for Dopey. Click on Radio. Is this because Omar has so many reviews? You just want to like get in there? Who has the most reviews? Of a- Omar has the most. I think. Yeah, he deserves it. Between who? who who's our contestant? We got um, Recovery Elevator. Do you want to know that one? I don't. They got like 160 reviews. Duh. Um, they got. Uh, Omar, he's like 200-something. 210, I think. Uh, you got uh, Shane, who's got like... 80. 90, I think he's like 90. Um, we got Church and Other Drugs. Yeah, like 20. Got in for us. They're doing good, dude. I t- t- tip my hat to him. And then there's a bunch that like um, aren't... Uh, there's like Planet Sober, Defunct, still on there. Defunct? They don't really make them. What about Dope more. Stories? Dope Stories, Defunct. Um, there's some AA shit on there. Um, there's, uh, the After Party Pod or something. After Party Pod? There's Anna David. I think she's called something else. I was gonna have her on, dude. Could we have her on? Yeah, she seemed like she was into it, and I just, I just dropped the ball on that. Really? Yeah, whatever. Why whatever? I don't know. Whatever. You know, I'm, you know I am. Whatevs. Very annoying. <laughs> okay, and, uh, let's wrap this shit up before it gets... Stop, stop it. Stop, stop it. Do you ever listen to her? No. Dude, that's it. She's I'm, called, I'm ending the show. Well, I'm, I'm fucking no, no, ending the show. Look no, at you. Gonna, look uh, at you. You're so fucking angry. I'm for angry. For what? For what? I'm angry because you're going to drag this out and just make it worse. I don't think so. Okay, what are you doing? Let's hear it. Number one, you've been like this for like two Let's hours. Let's talk about shooting coke. I'm Number like one, you've been like this for... <laughs> talk about shooting coke. No, what are you going to play? 
I wasn't going to play anything. I clicked something by mistake, but I see something here that I that is interesting me. Wasn't it's interesting me? Listen, you're an asshole. You've been an asshole for two hours. I don't know why. And I'll, don't, don't be I, nation. Don't be nation. If I've been an asshole, email us and let us know because all we've been doing for two hours is doing dopey. So they can tell us. They do not have. The psychic antennae that I have. Dane is just power-hungry mongrel. Unless he's in absolute control, he gets very threatened. Listen, I'm trying to do something, and you're saying, Enough! (laughs) You're going to make it worse. This woman, Anna David, get your shit out of (laughs) here. Your woman, whoever Anna David is, is she related to Larry David? No, she's pretty. What? Maybe you can Skype with her after the show. Um, she's having that guy. See, somebody on Instagram hit us up about it. Brandon Novak. Oh, yeah. He was on Jackass. He's like a skater. What do we know about Brandon Novak? He was on Jackass and he's like a skater. You know, he posted his phone number on that Instagram thing that whoever on Instagram shared it with us. Oh, I think really? we could get him. Yeah, let's try. All right. You stay strong, Dopey Nation. Was that so horrible? Was that such a big deal? That was pretty bad. Uh, And with that, we'll say toodles. You have problems. I'll say you have problems. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had And I want to take a ride up in the sky Watch this airplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive just to show all of these people what it means to be alive but I want to be good so bad want to be so good so bad so bad I want to be good so bad bad desires all I ever had and my shadows getting smaller smaller and it's time Smaller and smaller, and it's high noon where I stand. And I wonder would they pay it any mind when I leave this busted city far behind? I'll take the high road, however far it winds, because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find. And I want to be good so bad. Good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. Damn it, all these suckers make me mad. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And these suckers make me mad. And I don't wanna call my dad. And it's all I ever had. It's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. And it's all I ever had. Suckers making mad, that's all I ever had, and I wanna call my dad, that's all I ever had, that's all I ever had. And that's all I ever had.